Welcome back to another episode of Tea at the Globe, where we sit down with William Shakespeare and ask questions that make his plays come alive. I'm your host, Priscilla Gregory, and today we'll be looking at Hamlet's final soliloquy in the play Hamlet, performing it, analyzing its themes and rhetorical features, and hopefully leaving with a better understanding of duty, cowardliness, action, and the nature of humanity. Now, when most people think of Hamlet, they immediately think to be or not to be, and end there, picturing Hamlet as an indecisive, suicidal fellow. But they miss out on his last speech, where questions turn to actions and indecision turns to decision. Ever since the ghost of Hamlet's father appeared to him and charged him to kill Hamlet's uncle Claudius in order to revenge his murder, Hamlet has been a man on a mission. But he keeps getting sidetracked. When he finds Claudius praying after a play that exactly mimicked how he had murdered his brother, Hamlet has a perfect chance to kill him and fulfill his mission then and there. But he delays, thinking to himself that he'll only send him to heaven, and what sort of revenge would that be? He then goes to his mother's chamber to accuse her of being complicit to his uncle's schemes. There's a noise behind the curtain. Hamlet plunges his sword through it, believing the eavesdropper to be Claudius, and ends up killing Ophelia's father, Polonius. Claudius then declares him to be mad and sends him away to England. On his way, Hamlet sees an army marching across the plain and is told that this is the Norwegian prince Fortinbras and his men advancing to attack an insignificant part of Poland. This sight of 20,000 men risking their lives for the sake of a plot of land is what causes Hamlet to soliloquize about his own apparent cowardliness. So let's jump in and read what Hamlet has to say for ourselves. How all occasions do inform against me and spur my dull revenge. What is a man if his chief good and market of his time be but to sleep and fade? A beast, no more. Sure, he that made us with such large discourse, looking before and after, gave us not that capability and godlike reason to fust in us unused. Now, whether it be bestial oblivion, or some craven scruple of thinking too precisely on the event, a thought which, quartered, hath but one part wisdom, and ever three parts coward, I do not know why yet I live to say, this thing's to do. Sith I have cause, and will, and strength, and means to do it. Examples gross as earth exhort me. Witness this army of such mass and charge, led by a delicate and tender prince, whose spirit with divine ambition puffed makes mouths at the invisible event, exposing what is mortal and unsure to all that fortune, death, and danger dare, even for an eggshell. Rightly to be great is not to stir without great argument, but greatly to find quarrel in a straw when honor's at the stake. How stand I then that have a father killed, a mother stained, excitements of my reason and my blood, and let all sleep while to my shame I see the imminent death of twenty thousand men that for a fantasy and trick of fame go to their graves like beds, Fight for a plot whereon the numbers cannot try the cause, which is not tomb enough and continent to hide the slain. 
oh, from this time forth, my thoughts be bloody or be nothing worth. Wow, is this really the same person who debated with himself and couldn't make up his mind? There's a major shift here from questions to actions. Hamlet has spent the majority of the play conflicted with himself, not knowing what duty and honor should look like, disillusioned with humanity and with himself, but now he determines that there will be no more delay. This brings us to the two major themes of the soliloquy. The first is delay mixed with uncertainty, which shows up in multiple places throughout the play. When his father's ghost first appears, Hamlet swears to remember him and avenge him, yet he hesitates. When the actor plays the story of Hecuba, shedding passionate tears for a fictional story, Hamlet wonders why he lacks passion for revenge. Am I a coward? he asks. He again fails to kill Claudius after putting on a play to expose his guilty conscience, and then shows his clear uncertainty in his to-be-or-not-to-be speech. Now, Hamlet has no problem with acting impulsively on the spur of the moment with violence and passion. We see this in the way that he rashly follows after the ghost when it calls to him, and how he kills Polonius without checking to see who it is. But he ponders the weight and value of human life, and this makes him delay, though he has cause and will and strength and means to do what he set out to do, until all occasions must inform against him in order to spur him to action. And here we see how Shakespeare uses the technique of personification to heighten the consequence of Hamlet's delay. Even the rocks cry out to urge him to move. The very plot of land that the enemy is marching to conquer exhorts him to remember the significance of his father through its very insignificance. It's like an eggshell, metaphorically. Fragile, frail, and essentially worthless. Shakespeare also uses another metaphor, calling the graves that the enemy is marching to beds in order to contrast their willingness with Hamlet's hesitancy. For the enemy to die, to sleep, and yet Hamlet will not count the value of his father's life as more significant than a plot of land. And speaking of the value of human life, Hamlet has something to say in this soliloquy about that too. It's the second major theme that we find. He has had a tough time of it, so maybe it's understandable that he's been disillusioned about humanity from the beginning of the play, calling it an unweeded garden that grows to seed. But he also sees the inherent beauty and nobility in humanity, and the paradox in this makes him ask what the point to life is. He asks Ophelia, What should such fellows as I do crawling between earth and heaven? We are errant knaves, believe none of us. This question reaches its climax in the soliloquy we read today, when Hamlet concludes that there must be more to life than sleeping and eating. Man has been given capability and reason to be used, not to be ignored, and Hamlet is determined to use his. So, what can we as listeners take away from this final soliloquy from Hamlet? One thing that comes to my mind is just the power of, of example to stir us to action. Hamlet spent most of the play delaying, but the switch happened when he saw thousands of men following orders that had far less significance than his. He knew his duty, and he knew that man had more purpose on earth than to sleep and eat, and the example of others showed him his own character and spurred him to action. Let's not forget what example we're setting. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Tea at the Globe. I'm your host, Priscilla Gregory, and we'll see you next time.